Hi, this is Stephen Williams from Supernatural and a whole bunch of other stuff, and you're watching Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tune in. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that we will give you witchcraft. Can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. If you're listening in Mumbai, India, it's three in the morning. What are you doing? Why are you listening to us live? Anyway, from our virtual habitat and pseudo-studio, deep in the underground living quarters of the James Kirk Lookalike Warehouse in Area 51, hello and welcome to TalkCast 284 and this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Enjoying a mild headache because that's the way it goes with me. I am the Dome. Talking, talking the Joincast tonight. Yeah, that'll work. Joining the TalkCast tonight. Some of the gang of five, somebody's missing tonight. You'll be able to guess who as we go through. In the Revere Time Vortex, our technical anarchist, the button pusher with a mechanical keyboard for those of us uninformed peasants. She just enjoys pushing the buttons. It's Kriana. I actually don't have a mechanical keyboard because they don't seem to make wireless ones. I didn't know that they could make a mechanical wireless keyboard. Why but that's they? Just, I don't know. I just didn't know that they could. I mean, it's just a different mechanism for triggering the input, so why not? Yeah. Get on it, folks. Get that wireless mechanical keyboard for Kriana. From the stacks of her personal space in the dank dungeons, only indoor-outdoor reducible library and clone garden, featuring a copy of every project currently residing in the House of Armstrong gift shop, Zombrarian. She's muted. Huh? <laughs> huh? huh? Okay. What? That okay. works. Yeah, cool. From a galaxy further away than it's possible, and yet not, our woman in chain mail, who will give us all the Chloe Bennett and or Haley Atwell news, except she didn't have any this week. Please welcome Sir Sarah Lady Knight. I didn't have any news this week, except that I'm still not over Chloe's haircut. Okay. Well, that's good. We can do that. Our guest tonight is a guy we've had to, tried to have on three separate times. Each time we've had technical problems. We're not going to have any tonight, and I'm lying because we probably will. Peter Duder from uh, the new the book is called Where Spiders Fear to Spin. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Finally. <laughs> yes, finally. You know, I feel like the old Rocky and Bullwinkle time. This time for sure. Nothing up my sleeve. Oh, my God, that trick never works. I love it. But before we get to our interview, let's begin with the news. Nice lead-in, nice sound effect. Well done. So, I was sir, really scared for a minute because <laughs> I, I was singing along with it. 
<laughs> and then I realized I wasn't sure if I had muted again. <laughs> Good job. Well wow. done. I, for one, would love to hear you sing along. I, I do. Can we do that next week? Don't mute yourself. Just sing along with it. Well, remember how when we didn't have the news for a little while and I sang it, it sounds basically like that. I know. So I want to hear you sing along next week, please. Right. Or, or maybe we could play it again now and you could sing along with it. Okay. I liked it. Wasn't as good as I'd hoped. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, everyone. Well, you know what, Dom? We didn't sing the news, so Great. don't judge. <laughs> I'd like to point out, that's my wife, everyone. Yeah, aren't you lucky? <laughs> uh, before we begin our, uh, our regularly scheduled newscast, a quick update on My Peculiar Family on Kickstarter. It's still there, and it's going very well, folks. Please, if you get a chance, look us up online on Kickstarter. It's My Peculiar Family, an anthology by Sci-Fi Saturday Night. The anthology is a book. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is us. We've got a number of people there who really like us and who are doing some wonderful things. We've got short stories by 16 or 17. No, 17 writers. It's we a still wonderful. don't know how many writers there are, but there's some number of writers. Somewhere between 10 and 20. Most likely 17. Maybe. It used to be 15, then it was 20, then it was 16. Now it's 17. It might be. And original artwork by Sarah Richard and Peter Vinton Jr. Check it out if you get a chance. The link will be on the webpage, on our Twitter, on our, our, our Facebook page. I've actually got it tattooed on my arm, and I should have it on my forehead so that every picture I take has that URL, but it's not clickable on my forehead, so forget that. It might be. You haven't tried it. Could we make it clickable on my forehead? I could do yeah, that. Yeah, it might be. You haven't tried it. I have not tried it. Yeah. And um, you could do, like, a QR code, and that would be, like, they could just get it, and, like, they could go. I've That'd offered to tattoo a QR code on his head before. And being bald, <laughs> it could be I'm virtually anywhere. Although we should probably get some tattoos of that, some temporary tattoos for, for the next convention, and just put a QR code on my forehead. Okay, I would do that. Yeah. I would do that, absolutely. Which will be done by this time? Yeah, I know, so it doesn't really make much sense, but it would still look cool. So, Kriana... Or, I mean, you could do a, a website for, you know, the podcast. We could. What? What, what a great idea. Sarah, you're on that. Yeah, that's why I keep here at. I'm not doing that. I'm just suggesting it. <laughs> Nobody what else I look like. wants to do it. But, <laughs> yeah, suggest it. Kriana, I have news that you may actually like. I doubt it. I'll try. <laughs> okay, well, you, you understand that Constantine has now been canceled by NBC. But the character is going to jump to a show that you hate. <laughs> Why would she like that? I don't know. Well, news. The character gets to come back, but it gets to unfortunately go on Arrow. Gross. So Constantine is actually... Well, to be fair, he might make Arrow better. 
Well, see, there, there was, was like, like Arrow is just a fucking downer. Arrow. Arrow is the worst. Yeah. And oh, like, Constantine oh, no. is the best. So Not maybe... necessarily the worst. Be careful there. That's because true. Spider-Man still exists. Horrible shows out there right now. <laughs> well, I, I mean, just like, there's a reason that they joke that, like, oh, Central City is the fun city. Because it's not <laughs> completely depressing. It's not the worst. So, so he's maybe he'll make it better. So Wait, the app, you'll Matt, have to I, actually watch Arrow to see him on it, I which will be watch Arrow. I'll admit it. Okay. I watch Arrow. Why do you do that to yourself? I am insanely masochistic. Apparently, damn. <laughs> So the character that Matt Ryan plays, Constantine, will be able to reprise his role as the demon-hunted detective on Arrow for, at this point, what is set for a single episode. Well, that's depressing. Yeah, why yeah. do you think I'd like this news? Seriously. Seems like my previous... <laughs> yeah. You get to see Constantine again. In the most horrible way possible. Hooray! Yeah, no, no, no. Don't just rewatch the I'm, TV I'm show. I'm gonna just go rewatch the TV show and pretend. I, 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 I firmly believe this is not the most horrible way possible. I think there are a thousand more ways to horribly have to see the character Constantine again. Keanu Reeves, yeah. everyone. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I was say, we Keanu Reeves. That's right. Keanu Reeves, you are the worst. You're worse that than Arrow. So <laughs> although, although, wait a minute, Zombrarian, you can't say that because you really like what's your face in that one. I really like Tilda Swinton because yeah. I really like Tilda Swinton in everything she does. But Keanu Reeves She's is like great. the worst casting choice for this. I know they should have cast but Tilda Swinton so bad, as but I love it. What? Yes, they should have cast Tilda Swinton as Constantine. Yes, but like. Oh. The guy they got to play Constantine now is perfect. Yeah. He is. He's really wonderful. He's Maybe. Perfection. What? He's perfection. Yes. Well, he definitely makes it a lot more fun than Keanu Reeves ever could have. Yeah, like, he has emotions. He has. And, and his face actually moves from time to and time. And he looks like the comic book character, like, Almost Much more, to a degree yeah. that's slightly unbelievable. I wish I could show off my Keanu Reeves impression right now, because it's really, really super accurate. But there's a high <laughs> visual content to well, it. I, I can do it. I can do it over the podcast. Are you ready? Ready. Go. Ahead. Go. All right. That's perfect. Wasn't it? Wasn't Holy it? Holy <laughs> crap! That was amazing. Best that. Keanu Reeves ever on an audio podcast to be a visual. <laughs> Now, now, if you want to do this in person, you only need one supply. One supply. Botox. Yeah. <laughs> Just paralyze your facial muscles, and it's like, holy shit, there's Keanu Reeves. Or holy you could, shit. like, you could, you could get yourself frozen in a Corbomite block, and that would do it, too. What? 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 Did you Never mind. Did, did you just, did, what? What are you even talking about? It's it's an old Han Solo joke. Let's just move on. No, it's not. You're saying <coughs> the wrong thing. Carbonite? 
Yeah, I was gonna say. Like what? What did you even say? I don't even not, know the other word you said, but carbonite. Carbonite. You did one hundred percent. Wow, carbonite you failed everything. Is an imaginary substance invented by James T. Carroll. <coughs> also invented what? by the dome. That's right. <laughs> I invented it. It's mine, and I'm living with it. All right. Congratulations. We're all so proud. We're clapping Thank you for so you. Much. Yeah, <laughs> You're so on welcome. the inside. We're clapping for you. So you remember when I hated what happened with heroes? Yes. That, I that, remember. That, Wait, did anyone not hate what happened with heroes? I think I think it was a universal after season one's ridiculous ending after a really decent season. And season two being more ridiculous, and season three being more, ri- and, and it just got stupider and stupider. When we heard that this September we were going to get Heroes Reborn, I had absolutely no hope for it whatsoever. But that's How- in it. However, uh. <clears throat> I'm uh. about yeah, I'm about to make the change. Wait, wait. <laughs> There's currently a web series which is the bridge between the horrible ending of of the original series and how the new series begins called Heroes Reborn Dark Matters. Uh, and it's a six-episode series that, quite frankly, makes that bridge really well and sets up a decent storyline for September. My question is this. How long can they not crap it up? Um, I'm one season? One episode. No, no, 0.5 episodes. They're not even going to last a whole episode. My thought is if they can get a decent first season out of it and not have a writer's strike, we might be in decent shape. Because the setup they've got on the web series right now is absolutely wonderful. Man, if anyone was watching it, they might care. Yeah. So we're going to put up the uh, the URL for the web series. Uh, here, here's what NBC has done wrong. Uh, Everything? No, no. In this case, they've been incredibly dumb. Uh, according to NBC, if you go to the NBC website... The only way you can see these webisodes, I love that, is if you download the free app at the App Store. Really? Okay, wrong. Not doing that. So wrong. Because no. the no. Absolutely. No, and nobody should be doing that because all they're doing is shoving advertising down your throat. What you should do is follow the link that we've got in or the Or go to your favorite BitTorrent site and download the motherfucker. And if you don't want to download them, you can just watch them. Just download it. Don't even bother. What? Like, seriously, why are you even bothering to watch this dribble? Because it's not bad. Dribble. Truly, truly not bad. Truly dribble. Nah. Dribble. Not at all. And I've enjoyed it. And we've lost our Sir Sarah. No! Get her back! Quick! That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, you know, we were... That's, that's we were, what she gets for the Kindle. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Who has the best computer? Sarah has the best computer. 
I, so I don't have a computer. That's why I, the I know. That's away. why it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> because it completely works fun. enough for you to do the show. Okay, uh, let's be real. I'm uh, stretching in bed, and I accidentally hung up the call with my thigh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice things are hashtag touch screens it's <laughs> farther yay. away from me now so I don't do that again you, you know Creon I forgot to mention when I was telling you all about the wonderful arrow casting that I knew you were going to love uh, that I forgot to tell you the other news that I had about arrow at this point oh Boy. See, and I and I know as much as you loved it, you're gonna love this one even more. I can't or, or, or not. Uh, for those of you who were fans of True Blood, uh, okay. No, no. no. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> this this one is actually you have to say Tara. Because, Ew, Tara is the worst. <laughs> The character, uh, the actress who played Tara, Retina Wesley, will be joining the cast of Arrow as a new policeman. Kill me now, please. Police officer? Police Put me person. out of my misery. Part of the anti-vigilante task force. Kill me now. Anti-vigilante. Bored. Yeah, I'm bored by that. That's boring. No. Why are they doing that? Can they not do that? No, it's already unfortunately done. Why? Well, yeah. you'd have to ask the person in charge of Arrow. Okay. And, and I think if you I'm sure I can arrange up, that. Okay. Why don't you get them on the show and then you can ask? Yeah. That sounds good. Mm. Hey, we do need to get my friend on the show, though, who's on the uh, writing team of Legends of Tomorrow. I'll, I'll talk to her. God, I thought you were saying that sounds like good. What? What did, I didn't hear what you said. I thought you were saying Legends of the Hidden Temple. Like, that's still a oh. thing. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I apologize yeah, for getting your... It's not my intention. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. It was an accident. Don't hate me. Okay. This time. So, in other network news, Siffy is uh, trying desperately to get its... Uh, bona fides in order and they're not this year they have set uh two series childhood's end and the expanse childhood ends is arthur c clark's uh uh masterwork which they've Yay, turned into old white dude books let's turn those into things well you know what wow that's Siffy's oh got the choice of that unusual. or Sharknado 4. And I am they have written by large choice. And I'm not talking man-bees. Yeah, they have a whole list of things that they could make into TV shows from a whole variety of authors. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, they could do what they actually do pretty darn well and come up with an original thing. What? No. Nah. Uh, I really need to catch up on Defiance. I'm, like, behind on Defiance. Really? really? Although, um, Zombrian, uh, Sharknado is an original thing. Truth, and I love it, and you cannot take that away from me. <laughs> <laughs> you won. Congratulations. 
Good. Lord. Anyhow, childhood so, is going love. to be a six-hour mini-series event, two hours over three consecutive nights, uh, beginning in December. I don't understand why they're doing it that way. Uh, it, they can. Yeah, and it makes no sense. And Childhood's End is probably one of the prettiest books he ever wrote. So but, they're doing a shitty book by an old white dude. Yeah, pretty much. Hooray! Pretty much. Couldn't be, couldn't be happy. Yeah, could be a lot happier about this. Mm. <laughs> so the, uh, the director of the Fantastic Four is now being sued. Oh my god, why are we talking about horrible things? Is that like the theme of the day? Horrible things? Horrible stuff, things? yeah. Can we get that in the bud, please? <laughs> yeah, like, who decided that another Fantastic This time, for sure. And they blew it. And Not only did they blow it, but now the company that, actually Sony Pictures, is, is suing Josh Trank. For his snarky remarks about how he wasn't able to do the movie he was he wanted to do. Wow, wow, wow. Call him a wambulance. Right. Ugh. I mean, you know, the, the tweets that are going back and forth between Sony and Josh Trank are just ridiculous. And it's frankly hilarious that the bottom line is the only reason that the movie was done was because if they didn't do the movie, Sony lost the franchise and it reverted back to Marvel. But so, they could have done like a good movie because they've known that the rights were going to expire. They didn't give a shit. They didn't want uh. a movie made totally out of greed and spite. It's bullshit. And I bullshit. hate that. <sighs> you know, Fantastic Four was one of my favorite comic books. And it's because it was actually a good comic in the 70s and the 80s. So the Triassic era. Yeah, during the Jurassic period. Sorry about that. I'm sad because I was really excited for this movie before it came out because the casting was great. And the trailers looked great. And I was like, this movie's going to be good. And, like, I didn't see other ones because they looked bad. But this movie actually looks good. And then it, it isn't. And I'm, I'm so sad because I was looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, and I now I'm not more. ever going to see it. Well, no. When it, when it plays on, on, uh, on like, TNT. <laughs> no. I think no. I'll probably... Why would you put up with the commercials and the pan and scan because they're all still processed, right? And then like the cutting it for time and shit when you have Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, but it, you know what? This is one of those cases where it couldn't make it any worse. Well, yeah, <laughs> it can because you have to listen to the same annoying loud commercials in between. Yeah, so that's true. It, it can absolutely make it worse and it uh, well, probably don't want to talk about a couple of other things that we have up there. <laughs> Good Lord. Sir Sarah? Yeah. 
You're on. Okay. So, as I mentioned before, which I thought I talked about last week, but apparently I didn't, uh, Chloe Bennett cut off all of her hair because she's not Sky anymore. She's Daisy. And, like, previously, I've been kind of like, no, like, fuck that. She's Sky forever. Um, and it's still skimming, no matter what anyone says. But she cut off her hair. And, unfortunately, it's not the pixie cut that we were all hoping for. It's a little bit above shoulder length, but it's super cute. And I was kind of like, okay, you can maybe, like, maybe I'll start seeing you as a daisy now. Maybe. It's amazing. But the problem is, have you guys seen Dead Like Me? Mm-hmm. I'm Daisy. Daisy Adair. <laughs> is what I think of every fucking time someone says Daisy because she says it like every single time she opens her fucking mouth and right. I love her but now I can't see formerly Sky now Daisy as Daisy because I just think of Daisy Adair I and I know that's a personal problem but thank you for sharing your personal problems with the universe you're very welcome, you're very welcome. <laughs> also everyone should go watch Dead Like Me because it's great and stuff that's it. That's my life. Well, do you want to talk about the Beetlejuice sequel? <sighs> I could talk about the Beetlejuice sequel if, if I could open the link that I posted in the Google Doc. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, it pretty much it is what it says. Like, there's a Beetlejuice sequel happening. Winona Ryder confirmed it. I don't know how I feel about it because Beetlejuice is one of my favorite movies ever. It's one of the uh, old Tim Burton movies, which means it's actually a good movie. And it's a freaking classic, let's face it. It's, it's so good. Classic. It's everything that I love in a movie, and I I hope they don't fuck it up. Um, I, I think it's supposed to be a kind of comeback movie for Tim Burton. Well, the, I hope so. Cause after things like uh, done, Dark Shadows... Oh, yeah, God. everything he's done in the past few years has been just awful. Just awful. And then he remade Frankenweenie, and I'm like, why did you do that? Literally, there was no reason for you to remake Frankenweenie. It was already a perfect movie. Why? The, the original was one of the cutest movies ever. It was great. It didn't need to be a like two-hour feature. It was a perfect short film. Mm -hmm. There was literally no reason. He could have just re-released it. And it would have been great. But and no, people would have watched go, it, right? That's the it's thing. People would have would have paid for it. People would have watched it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And instead, good. people have been paying for second tier movies that he's yeah, been. Yeah, they've this, been. It's just kind of not, ridiculous. Yeah, so I do like. I hope that this is a return to like the Tim Burton style that I love. But uh, who knows? We'll and, see. And please make another great musical number. Please. Yes. Please. Yes. That yes. may be the I, best musical number ever. Uh, just such a great, such a great movie. Everything about it is perfect. Everything. Tell us how you feel, Sarah. <laughs> wasn't that just what I was doing? Okay. Yes. yes it was. <laughs> just messing with you. So, Peter, 
Let's yes. bring Peter into, into the conversation, although he's been making comments here and there along the way. Bye, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Grant is leaving now. I'll miss you, you think she's joking, but I know she's not. I, we all know she's not joking right now. So, Peter, when your book came across to us uh, via When the we publisher, came across your book? No, no, no. When the book came across to us, I said exactly what I meant. Yes. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. Through uh, our friends at uh, Books and Booze. Yes. uh, I passed it around to everybody, and I'll be honest with you, the response was very different from every single person. For me, it was kind of, ew... (laughs) <laughs> Ew! From going for him, happy I. <laughs> oh, you did! Oh, you did! Yes. Uh, and Kriana went. I'm not even reading it. Oh. No, no, no. And and I totally understand that. Um. Sarah went. Hey, I like this writing. And she never said a word about the content. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> I I'm gonna be honest. I skimmed it to see what the writing was like, and then I was like, sure, we can have this on the show, and then I didn't read it because I only read books written by women. (laughs) But the writing was great, so that's all I needed. Yep. So, Peter. Yes. Let's talk about Where Spiders Fear to Spin. The book starts out um, in the, what can only be described by me, because I'm the only one who's going to describe it right now. It's like the death room of uh, uh, an old movie actress, where she's kind of now bedridden and is attended to by nurses, caretakers, and her daughter. Right. Um, These are not not happy people. No, they're not. They've they've got a huge history of tension between them over the death of (laughs) Teresa's father, I got a cat here trying to get on my lap, unfortunately. But story I, of my life. Yeah. When I had originally started the story, it was a short story, and it was going to be a one-act play that happens in that death room. And at the end of it, the way I had, I had perceived it, the spider was going to come and bite her, and she would die from the spider bite. But mm-hmm. as I developed the characters, I made Sadie a soap opera actress, and then I became fascinated by her backstory, just discovering it and, and fleshing it out. And then I, I had to go back and give more backstory for Teresa, the daughter, and why she was angry with her mother. So it just expanded and expanded. I, I, I started with the idea of the death room also being like a courtroom where the, the spider was kind of like a judge and jury hanging over and listening to all the sides of, of the arguments. And, you know, when, when the ghost appears that the spider would be, you know, afraid of it, but interested in what the, the father had to say as well. So. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You you've created a really happy family. <laughs> it was difficult too because I I don't really write from the women's perspective. I don't really you know I can't say I know that perspective well enough that I'd be good at it. So this was a departure for me trying to you know write out of my my own comfort zone. So hopefully I did well. Uh you did as far as I'm concerned because if the idea was to take the 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 reader and just creep them out and keep them in that creep zone you actually did it unbelievably well thank you i you well, know, I, grew, 
I grew up reading ghost stories. I love, they're my passion. You know, when you were talking about Beetlejuice 2, I was jumping up and down in my chair. I'm like, yes, finally. You know, that excites me. Yeah, but only if it works and only if it's good. I think it will be. I, I'm going to give Burton some slack. I know he knows what he's doing. Um, they did the first time around. That's for yes, damn sure. I'm a little annoyed they're not clever enough to come up with a better title than Beetlejuice 2. But that's just me, you know. Maybe it's still a working title, though. Maybe they haven't gotten I hope it yet. So. Yeah. I hope so. Like Beetlejuice 2 Electric Boogaloo or... No. You're <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Of Furley's gold, you know. <laughs> God knows what it's actually going to be, but exactly. we've got about a year and a half before we actually have to worry about that. So you've been writing for a while. Yeah, almost two decades now. Good Lord. And most of your stuff has been... In the horror genre. Yes, but I, I also write uh, erotica under a pseudonym, but I'm not going to talk about that tonight. No, we can talk about that another time. Not a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we have had that conversation before, though, so if you feel... If you don't want to talk about it because you're on a podcast, don't worry. We had somebody <laughs> deliberately on to talk about her gay vampires. So. Who was it? Shakuta Johnson. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't re recognize the name. Yeah, and and by we we meant yeah we. Okay. <laughs> Dome felt uncomfortable. That was the most uncomfortable. We all hour. thought it was. <laughs> it was the second most uncomfortable I've ever been doing this show. I can imagine. What oh, was the first? The Kiss first forever. one was when I was dry humped by Kiss Forever, yes. See, and my so. first was when we had that guy on who tried to tell us that H.P. Lovecraft wasn't a racist. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm so glad I wasn't there for that. If we've, had, we've had our share. So, I'm, we, we could talk erotica at some point. That's the problem. <laughs> you see, I'd rather talk Lovecraft. That got me all excited, too. Yeah, he was a racist, um, and there's no apologizing for it and no clearing the air, but his work as a result of his personal beliefs. And if you're a fan of his, you, you, you kind of have to accept that. It's unfortunate, you know. See, this that is exactly what we wanted this other guy to say. You're perfect. Oh, Did thanks. you, like, study before you came on the show? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. wonderful. Anyway, but we want to talk about you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you... Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm stumbling here for just a little bit. When did you first get caught up in horror fiction? Um, right after I graduated from college. I had been reading horror for years and years before that. I didn't know I wanted to write until I moved to Maine. And, you know, of course, Stephen King lives up here. I was going to say you're required to write horror. Yeah, you're, once, you live exactly. in once, you, once you're in New England, you have to write horror anyway. Yeah, but, um, got it. I thought you said porn at first, Dome, and I was like, really? <laughs> Would you stop going there? Thank you. <laughs> I, it's what I heard. I can't help it if that's what I hear. <laughs> so anyhow. Yeah, so I, I started reading Stephen King upon moving to Maine, and I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, maybe you've got a book in you. Why don't you try writing it? And so, you know, I, I work at the Postal Service, and so I, I started writing a vampire novel that takes place in the Postal Service. And it was poorly executed. It's terrible. It's a trunk story. It'll never be published whatsoever. But, <laughs> um, but after I realized that I could do it, I just kept going. So, and I've been very fortunate. I've, I've had a lot of success over the 
years, especially recently. So, well, you know, I'll be the first to tell you it's not my cup of tea. Everybody at New England horror writers knows that, and yep. yet I keep having them on because there's some amazing stories being told, some wonderful writing being done. Well, there there really is a layover between science fiction and horror. I mean, the, the two go hand in hand if you actually think about it. I mean, Frankenstein, it's a science fiction story at heart. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that's horror and science fiction. Um, there's so many different great examples of that. So, But I was excited when I found out that you guys were, were actually into horror as well. You know, I, I, I couldn't wait to be on the program. It's, it's one of those things where I'm a sucker for a good writer. Yes. I, I mean, you know, everybody here laughed at me when I started talking about, uh, God, what was it? Paranormal romance. Yeah, but I, I found a good paranormal romance writer. And we had her on the show. We've had her on the show a couple of times. And it, it, she's just wonderful. Well, there's a market for it, and that's that's the bottom line. If you walk in any bookstore, you're going to find a paranormal romance section and a young adult section for paranormal romance. You know, it, it's it's hot and what's selling, unfortunately. But you know, even with young adult stories, there's some great writers out there. They're they're terrific. They really are. So, so let's talk a little bit more. Let's talk about where spiders fear to spin. Okay. Um. And here's the first question I have, because when uh, our, our booking monkey booked you the first time and then the second time and now finally the third time, he said, you know, Dome, I've read the book. Ask him if he's ever seen the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. You know, I haven't. And I keep waiting for Netflix to get it on, because usually I watch my movies on Netflix. And, and once in a while, I come up with some great classics. I haven't read it. Or I haven't seen it or read the book. So. And the the reason the reason he brought it up is he went this this char this bedridden character is essentially the exact same character of Joan Crawford in that movie. Oh no kidding! Yeah, and and after he said that, I went back and I started rereading it, and I went, yeah, he's right. It's like there's there's this could be a spinoff of that movie. Now I gotta find it. Now I'm gonna have to hunt it down on Amazon. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> So what was because that was the vibe I was going for. I really wanted you know um, Betty Davis type you know Joan Crawford yep. one of those so egotistic and into themselves that they really don't care about the world around them. So yep, absolutely but not no wire hangers. Yeah, no wire. But it's funny because the relationship between the mother and the daughter in my story, um, there there is a lot of psychological abuse, and I mentioned the fact that the mother tried very hard to have the daughter have a sedentary life. She'd spoiled her with things like books or video games, stuff that she would never have to worry about competing for beauty, you know, in terms of her, herself and her daughter. I, I think that's an awful thing. I really do. Because I know but people like that. I think we have all known people like that over the years. We have? Those nice. of us who have been around for a while have, yeah, absolutely. Ooh, it might be a generational thing. I don't know. It could be. You're right. So you, you created these characters, and mm -hmm. the thing that I found interesting about this book is the spider itself is actually a character in the book. Yes. But and not like Charlotte. Uh, no, no, but not, this oh. is not Charlotte's <laughs> web. <guys. laughs> this is, so things that Zombarian has declared that this is not. Mommy Dearest, Charlotte's oh, Web. <laughs> 
It's Sorry, just I'm I'm on a roll tonight with things that this is not. Yes. Well, at least Keanu Sorry. Reeves isn't in it. So. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, I like the idea of the spider, you know, being the the source of judgment and retribution at the end of the story, and I think that's really integral to you know. I I'm a fan of stories where a character finds some sort of redemption at the end. And as I was writing it, I really, I, I had thought Sadie would find redemption. I really did. I, I was rooting for her the whole way. And just, seriously? Was, seriously. And it's just the way that the, the story unfolded, there was no redemption for her whatsoever. So the redemption actually fell on Teresa. Teresa ends up almost committing suicide in the book. And so she's the one who finds redemption before the story's over. So I guess the other question that, that I had writing this, uh, reading this was, He's got to know these people. As as an author, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, they were uh, examples of people I know. You mean? Yeah. Um. No, not necessarily. You can please the uh, fifth on that if you don't want them to know. <laughs> if I'm going to write somebody dying. I mean, they're going to know it by the time I'm finished. But there, there was no, there was no uh, models for any of the characters in this book. Really. Because I mean, the depth of of the the coloration that you put into these characters. Uh, there's uh, the one scene where the daughter's at work. Uh, it's an early scene where she's at work and refusing to answer the calls. Yep. It's like, oh god, I know people like this who will just sit there and see that their desk rather than deal with what's going on. Yeah. And and you know, I just kept thinking to myself. There had to be a story that he knows. <laughs> no, it's just all out of my head. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. It's kind of amazing. No, but but Teresa does that all through the book. Um, she she's she's so upset with her. She's being held hostage, you know, in a in a very real emotional sense with her mother still alive, and avoiding the phone calls is part of of dealing with it. Avoiding paying the bills, all the medical bills that keep piling up in the house is dealing with it. Um, she's very good at just putting off reality. And that, that was the other part of her redemption was, was actually dealing with things and getting her life back together right. by the end of the story. Right. Yeah. Um, when you were, you were starting to write, um, how did you deal with characters over time? Because the care, I've got to tell you, your characterizations in this book are very, uh, solid. I think it's probably the best way to say. It. There's no ambiguity there. You don't go, gee, would they really do that? You, everything that happens, you're very clear in your characterizations. Yeah, this is how it has to be. Yeah. So I, I hope it's, they're also honest. I hope they're they're portrayed as very honest, you know, believable characters. Well, I think they are. Yeah. But you know. Sadie is so vainglorious, and that was the other part of it that really struck me funny, that she, she needed her wig so bad, you know, and her, even in the hospital when she's dying, she wants her wig because she, she feels naked without it. And I, I question myself, like, like, would a person really do that? Would a person really want her wig so bad that even though, you know, it doesn't matter, she's going to be gone very quickly. So. So how did, how did you, if you look at some of your earlier stuff, mm -hmm. and I actually, uh, you you were in the book Epithets. Epitaphs, I'm sorry. Epitaphs, yes I was. Epithets, whole different book. <laughs> and, 
And uh, I, we, we had a couple of writers on from uh, New England Horror Writers at the time. And, mm-hmm. and I read your story there. And it's, again, a case of characters being very clean, very crisp, very real. Uh, how did you get to that point as a writer? Is it just a matter of you keep writing and you keep writing and you keep writing? Um, keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Um, yes. And ob- observation is a huge part of developing a craft of writing. You need to pay attention to what people do. Um, I hate to suggest eavesdropping, but I do that all the time in restaurants, bars. <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm fascinated by the people around me and the, the drama they create for each other. And I, I build off that drama. I might borrow it, you know, a phrase here or an idea there. It's completely over something that I've overheard. And I suppose that's an awful thing, but I'm not really going to apologize at this point in my life. So. There's no reason not to, because it's actually working. I mean, you know, when you find a process that works, you, you have to keep using it. Mm-hmm. So what else, what are you working on now? I am working on my next full-length novel called The Goat Parade, which is an occult story and how Satan gets into the lives of three different characters and brings those characters together through a devil-worshipping serial killer that's going to do some very awful things. It's a very dark story. Well, yeah, no, it doesn't. So it's like st- the Breakfast Club with the devil. Oh, I like it. We'll get we'll get Judd uh, Nelson on it. <laughs> yeah, have him do the ebook. I keep waiting for the, the audio but they haven't yet. So. Him and Anthony Michael Hall can collaborate on the audio book. You know, it's funny because a friend of mine, a very good author friend of mine, met Anthony Michael Hall at a convention, and he was a total creep from what she told me. Really? See, uh, see Kriana, this is why I never wanted everything. to meet but, Anthony Michael Hall. I was awfully disappointed when I heard her story. So, Gee, because uh, we met him at a convention and he was kind of the opposite. Huh. He was on camera. Oh, that must be it. <laughs> you know, that's right, because it was a video interview. Yep. yep. <laughs> so you've got, you've got that book coming up in the next couple of months or well, so hoping to have the first draft finished before christmas I'm, a very, I'm very slow at writing unfortunately right now i've got two daughters that i'm, I'm raising i work the night shift at the post office so my writing time is very limited but i'm, I'm plowing through it and trying to get it done Speaking of inspiration i can't yeah. imagine what happens on the night shift at the post office. oh you believe some of the conversations we have oh it's, brutal. <laughs> it's a scary kind of thought oh yeah you know, it's funny. They, uh, I've seen boxes go through the mail with dead, bo- uh, cremated ashes in them. And it happens quite frequently. People mail ashes through the mail. And once in a while, they break open and spill on the floor. Oh. <laughs> it, it, it's, oh, it's creepy, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's actually a biohazard if you think about it. You can't really be breathing someone else, you know? Well, you actually are at that point. There's no oh, way around it. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story. Apparently... <laughs> A lot, well, related, funny, creepy story. Apparently, there's like a whole lot of people who want to have their remains at the haunted mansion. Yeah, I've read that before. Disney World. And yeah, they people, surreptitiously drop their ashes there. Yeah, so they'll like people will be like dropping the the ashes over the side of the car, and it's gotten so bad they've started training the people who work the ride to watch for it, 
because they have to shut the whole ride down and treat it as a biohazard. Yeah, they, they really have to. <laughs> but if all they're dropping is ashes, I guess you're getting off lucky. They could be dropping a lot of worse things. In there. It's true. I worked at Six Flags, believe me. That is like the best case scenario for a biohazard shutdown. <laughs> oh, God. Somebody spilled grandpa. <laughs> Clean him up. Uncle Jerry on aisle six. Oh, good Lord. That's insane. Oh, Peter, I can't thank you enough for having the patience to stick with us through this. Oh, no problem. I'm thrilled to be here. Like I said, thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to your next work, the book where spiders fear to spin. Kriana, you can come back now. Whoa. <laughs> it's available on Amazon right now and available through Books and Foods. But Brianna? it's scary good, right? Yeah, it's scary good. It's very scary. Thank you. Um, Thank well, coming up on the 22nd, we have Tom Sadowski coming to talk about his new awesome graphic novel. And then in October, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to talk to Madeline Holly Rosing about the Boston Metaphysical Society. From which, at Comic-Con, I got a really cool Tesla lapel pin, just saying, among other goodies. Sir Sarah. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic-Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicsArtHouse.com. Visit ComicsArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art stuff with your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on laurencemademecry.com. Like intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Don't. I want to thank Peter and Duder for joining us tonight. Peter, you know, third time's the charm. I really appreciate having you. I want to thank our guest tonight. From the first time next, let's Die, naughty sorceress! Continuing your own personal galaxy quest, Sir Sarah Lady Knight. Thank you, my dear. I'm going to go stare at Chloe Bennett for a few hours now. Okay, yeah, we can do that. This is Tom saying Terry and Jeannie shared this lesson, shared to increase, thus to be all reflected entropy. Good I know.